I am all for them pulling their ads. Let's do it. Facebook is a is a vile bucket of of lactose intolerant farmer crap. It's just it is. I don't even know what the fuck that means. But it's I'm just gonna say it's why gross. are you pick, why are you picking on the lactose intolerant? Because I am one, so we can say that. Oh, okay. There you go. So you are you are that marginalized <laughs> yes. uh, community. So you can criticize your Correct. own marginalized community. Yes, okay. I can. Just want to yep. make sure we got it on the same page. Um, lactose fragility. I'm Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. David, get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. In the New York Times, David, oh, lamestream media, lamestream media, This uh, there's an article, I'm just going to read a little bit from it if you don't mind. Story time with Donald Hall. Because this shit was, uh, it's fascinating and it really represents, well you'll know what it represents when I'm, yeah. when I'm, alright. When Sherry Elbers <laughs> moved three decades ago into Powderhorn Park, a tree-lined <laughs> Minneapolis neighborhood known as a haven to leftist activists and bohemian artists like herself, she went to work sprucing it up. She just, became... Hold let me on. just pause you right there because yeah. the best part about that, because yeah. I read this, of course, oh, yeah. and I got there and I started cracking up after that, oh, yeah. the end of the first paragraph, because she went to work sprucing it sprucing up. Sprucing like, it up. Let's just start gentrifying this shit right now. Instantly, yeah. Right now. Okay, so here's what she did. She became a block club leader. Organizing her mostly white neighbors to bring in playgrounds and help tackle long-standing issues with crime on many nights, she banged on the car windows of men who had come to solicit prostitutes outside her door, she said. That's she how kept I know her. That's meticulous how I know her. notes, exactly. She kept yeah. meticulous notes when dozens of men would gather in a circle for gang meetings in the park across from her house. They weren't gang meetings, they were circle jerks. After each episode, she called the police, but... My friend, times have changed. After mm-hmm. the death of George Floyd at the hands of police, Ms. Albers, who is white, if you didn't already know that, mm-hmm. and many of her progressive white neighbors have vowed to avoid calling law enforcement into their community, doing so they believed would add to the pain that black residents of Minneapolis were feeling and could put them in danger. All right. So you got the we've got the now we got the background. Yeah, white leftist activists and bohemian artists that have gentrified in an area, <laughs> and have harassed johns of prostitutes outside and gang members have decided they're no longer they're no longer going to yeah. call the police because they want to be good white allies. Okay, get out of here, and, John. Put your boner away. Exactly, Angelina yeah. Roslick burst into tears, explaining that she had spent the past four years fleeing unstable housing conditions and was struggling more than she cared to admit with the chaos the camp had brought into the neighborhood. Now, what I did read is that in in the wake of this, once people found out they weren't going to call the cops anymore, their local park, where the kids play and the dogs walk and all that shit, was overrun by a homeless tent city. 
So basically, in the last month, yeah, work yeah, got they out. Said, it's like we're hey, not, they're not calling this is the cops. A safe space. Yeah. So we can go to this fucking park and we can live Whatever here. And I mean, want. completely overrun. Yeah. So that was Angelina Roslick. Is is she's she's crying? Linnea Borden said she had stopped walking her dog through the park because she was tired of being catcalled. My emotions change every thirty seconds," said Tria Hauser, who is part Native American. Let me just say this: she wouldn't, maybe she wouldn't be getting catcalled if they had not run off all the prostitutes. Just that's saying. exactly right. If the prostitutes just were still there, saying. then the women agreed to let any property damage, including their own homes, go ignored, and to request a block party permit from the city to limit car traffic, rather than turn to law enforcement if they saw anyone in physical danger. They resolved to call the American Indian Movement, a national organization created in 1968 to address Native American grievances such as police brutality, which had been policing its own community locally for years. But some people, and I know you didn't see this coming, David, some people in the neighborhood have already found their best laid plans to avoid calling the police harder to execute than they had imagined. Yeah. Mitchell Erickson's fingers began dialing 911 oh, last this is week my before he even had a chance to part. consider yes. alternatives when two black teenagers who looked to be 15 at most cornered him outside his home a block away from the park. One of the boys pointed a gun at Mr. Erickson's chest, demanding his car keys. Flustered, as <laughs> you would be. One might flustered. be, right, yeah, yeah. Mr. Erickson handed over a set of keys, but turned out to be his house keys. Whoopsie. The teenagers got frustrated, ran off, and then stole a different car <laughs> down the street. Erickson said later he would not cooperate with prosecutors in a case against the boys. After the altercation, he realized that if there was anything he wanted, it was to offer them help. Mm -hmm. But he still felt it had been right to call the authorities because there was a gun involved. Two days, however, after the initial conversation, his position had evolved. Been thinking more about it, he wrote in a text message. I regret calling the police. It was my instinct, but I wish I had. It hadn't been. I put those in danger of death. Those boys in danger of death by calling the cops. Uh, my first takeaway from that last bit is, uh, why were those kids flustered? They they wanted a car. They got a no, fucking he, house. He was flustered. Yeah, they weren't. They flustered. were confused and they ran off. Was what that said or some something like that? But like no, they were. They were. They got frustrated, frustrated and ran off. They got frustrated. And then why and they then got a house? Just, well, no. Then then just they just went down the street and stole another car, and hopefully drove to this guy's because, house. And that's because where they the, right now, they the, it, the right answer when the right answer when when a fifteen year old with a fucking pistol points it at your chest is to feel empathy and not fear for your own fucking life. Yeah, there is there is a fine line, I guess, between. I don't think it's that fine. I think it's a very thick well, line. But okay. I I appreciate what what these what these people are trying to do. Like I I get it, and I'm like all for it. Like don't be a Karen or a Ken, right? Like that's kind of what they're going for. We're not going to call the the cops on black people being black. That's what we're not going to do. Yeah, but a gun to your chest is not. But black a gun to your chest black. Not, but that's fifteen year old <laughs> kids with a fucking pistol aimed at your chest. Exactly. Now, should if they had called the cops and the cops had killed the kid, would that have been right? Probably not. Probably not, but well, if the, a gun if the to black, your chest. If the black 15-year-old pointed the fucking pistol that he had at the cops at the and cops, they shot right. him dead, I'm not going to weep. I'm not I'm not crying any, oh, right. the poverty. No, he had a fucking gun. That's the thing. It's, it's, 
this is the thing that makes me sad is so much of, I mean, you've got, really you've got a, a number of sort of movements all within one big movement, but one of the movements, and I would say a very good number of white allies, and mm-hmm. I say that with, with my, my finger quotations, yeah. white allies, it is, it is the most... It is the most heinous infantilization of black people that you could possibly do. Is it? Is that they just don't know any better? They've had it so hard they just don't understand. Bullshit! I don't give a shit what, how poverty stricken you are. You know that putting a gun to somebody's <laughs> chest and stealing their car is pretty much against the law and probably not going to be smiled upon. Right? Um, should you not get away with it? I mean, right? I, I think that's I think that's saying that they're too stupid to understand right from wrong, and I really think that's an insulting perspective. It, it is an insulting perspective, and, and I, it's way more insulting than saying, "Can I touch your fucking hair?" You know, <laughs> it's a lot more aggressive than a micro fucking <laughs> aggressive than saying, "Where are you from?" I'm serious. That's seriously insulting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I appreciate what these people are trying to do in their wonderfully I, gentrified neighborhood. Uh, you know, I think but, they're utopian fucking idiots, but that's well, but just that's me. the thing, is that you they're they're overcorrecting. You know, don't call the cops on black people being black, but call the cops when somebody sticks a fucking gun in your chest and asks yeah, for or, your car keys. Or when your goddamn park becomes overrun by drug addicts. I mean, that's part of the thing is, is, is in the article, and I didn't read this part. It's like, you know, they're, they're dealing with drug addicts in their park. They're dealing with with like people that have serious mental illness in their park and their kids can't go play in this park that they spruced up earlier in their lives. Right. But I don't, I don't, I don't know that calling the cops on mentally ill people on homeless, mentally ill people is the right thing to do. Call. And this is, this is part of the big debate, right? I, well, is this that, is, is part that the of the police need to have, you got to have somebody to call. You call 911. And if it's a mental health issue, you send mental health professionals well, and the key, rather than police who here, love shooting the, people. But the thing about it is, and, and if you look at the infrastructure of most police departments, while they do not have a massive amount, if, if I am confronted by a black man who is obviously mentally ill and losing his shit, if I call the police and say there's a black man threatening my life, they're sending the fucking SWAT team. Yeah. If I call and I say there is a, a mentally ill individual Mm-hmm. In my parking lot, uh, singing Les Miserables tunes while wearing a <laughs> coat made of you know culled together stuffed animals, and I think he's and I think he's putting himself in danger. They're going to send different cops, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And 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 so really, yeah. if 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 this Minneapolis uh, organization, if the Minneapolis neighborhood want to do a better job, it's not. I mean, I'll give. Let me give you an example. Other night at the casino, Sunday night. Sunday is because there's no sports. It's the slowest fucking night of the week, and we got nobody mm-hmm. there. Right? It's just yeah. it's just almost ridiculously slow. Yeah. About eleven o'clock, a young black man was in his car driving down fifteen, the uh, highway fifteen. Yep. Being chased by a group of other black youths, youths, um, with guns. <laughs> And there's some gunfire on the on the 15, and then he pulls off on a Tropicana, and they end up pulling up and shoot his car up. He crashes into a thing. They drive off. He has been shot in the neck, Ooh. in the shoulder, and in the chest. Yeah. And he has a choice in his car. He's not dead. He can either go across the street to the Wendy's, 
<laughs> or he can come and bleed all over the front desk at the Wild Wild West. And that was the choice that he made. So this kid is in real distress. So he shows up. I see my security officers. I'm in the cage dealing with cash. I see my security officers run. So I immediately pop out of the cage to see what's going on. This guy is chest wounds not bleeding very much. Arm room was not, you know, shoulder room's not bleeding very much because it looks like they're 22s. I mean, it's tiny. Mm. But the neck, he's bleeding like a stuck pig from the neck. And he's spitting blood everywhere. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, we're taking care of, they're putting pressure on his neck. They've called nine one one, all this kind of stuff. Now I'm thinking that what has been called is that we have a young man who's suffering a shotgun wound or has been shot off of our property Mm because that's what happened. But what all the cops heard was gunshot wound. So I hear you know, a few minutes later, um, I, I, I'm in, it's a, oh yeah, the cops are here. So I'm thinking, as the nice manager, that I am going to come out and I'm going to indicate to them where the issue is, which is just right around the corner. Hello, officers. Mo- let me help the, you with yeah, your yeah, yeah. yeah let right. me. I'm the manager. Let me help you out. Right. No, no, no. These mo- there's like ten of them, and the first guy is like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and this motherfucker is holding a gun that looks like he, it's like he's carrying a Volkswagen. It's the biggest fucking shotgun wow. I've ever seen. And I'm like, and I mean, they're just like, hut, 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 hut. I mean, they're ready to fucking go. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, he's right around the corner. He's not armed. I mean, that's not the first thing I thought to say. Mm-hmm. Because what they heard was gunshot. They're thinking there's guns. They're coming in. It isn't the cops always. A lot of times it's how you call. It's yeah. what you say. You know, you're calling 911. There is an emergency. If it's. I got a guy who's taking a shit in a in a shoe, you know, in the Wendy's parking lot, and 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 reciting the Declaration of Independence in Pig Latin. That's a different response from I got a guy who's brandishing a weapon at my chest. Yeah, it's a different, you know, and it, and and it, that's really at issue. I got to give the guy credit because he didn't go to the Wendy's because the last time a black guy went to a Wendy's, he got shot by the cops. Right? Like, wasn't that? Then that happened. Oh yeah, that no, that was the, that was that was uh, uh, the guy in Atlanta who fell yeah. asleep. Right again, this is not the, the yeah. thing about it is none of this is that simple because the guy what, what it was I can't remember is Rashawn Booker maybe. I've, um, I've, I mean I the thing about it the thing about it is that's not as simple as it sounds because this guy was found asleep in his car. They called. We got a black guy sleeping in the in the drive-through <gasps> lane. No. Yeah. And they said we got to get him out of the drive-through lane. So nobody bothered to go over there and just like, hey, hey, dude, wake up. Mm-hmm. So they call the cops. Cops get there. Guy wakes wakes the guy up. From everything you can see on the tape, they're very everything is above board. Super super relaxed. Guy's doing his thing. All, everything else. And then all of a sudden, they decide they're going to take him in because he's intoxicated. He starts to fight them. Yeah. Which is kind of a stupid thing to do with two armed police. Yeah. He fights them. He steals the taser off yeah. of one of them. <laughs> he tases one of them and then runs away. So the odds of him getting shot are pretty fucking high at that point. Now, right. I'm not saying he should have been shot to, and died, but yeah. I'm saying, you know, because that's the thing is, you know, oh, you never want to blame the victim. I can say there's some li- there's there's a little bit of responsibility. Guy sleeping in the car fights with cops, steals a taser, shoots the taser twice. Okay. Yeah. Let's give it 50-50 that he died. Okay? Yeah. 
Let's so, be honest. But here, here's my here's my question about the the gunshot uh, victim in yeah. the Wild Wild West. Yeah. Uh, was he wearing a mask? No. Okay, so there's although, the problem, Don. Although when the cops came in, um, as they came in, once the initial shock of this motherfucking shotgun the size of a small country, you know, like Rhode Island, he's carrying Rhode Island <laughs> yeah, right. bullets. Um, you know that Rhode that, Island isn't a small I, country, it's a small state. Yeah, whatever. All right, okay. um, But uh, sure. I did go to the police officers once things kind of calmed down, and I asked them if they would mind putting <laughs> masks on. And... <laughs> Because that's my job, and yeah. they were not good. No, not a fucking. They're not going to put their that's mask on. That's because wearing a mask is for fucking and pussies. I, well, and I decided that yeah. I wasn't going to press the issue because they had a shotgun the size oh, of fuck my it. Prius. I would have so pressed that off. issue so hard. No, well, we had cops. We have cops come in and, and like do sweeps all the time. And whenever they come in, I tell them you got to wear a mask. And I had a couple cops like, no, you got to wear a mask. This but is my the law. dumb mustache doesn't fit under this well, they, mask. No, they, and, yeah. and every one of them, when it's not like high pressure, they all go, yeah, okay. And yeah. they put their fucking masks on. Even if they don't agree, they put their... I had a guy the other day, I'm not wearing a mask because I have a medical condition and I'm a disabled veteran and it's against the Constitution for you to refuse my business. I said, He's, well, yeah. Yeah. I said, I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm not a constitutional scholar. But I'm pretty sure that the Constitution does not address your right <laughs> to not wear a mask. I, I, I'm just I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure that it's not unconstitutional. Well, my sister's a lawyer, and here's my ADA card that says that I don't have to wear it. I said, well, okay, that ADA card is, is bullshit. I mean, it's, it's, it's bullshit. What, did you see that on the fake news? I said, no, actually, I saw that on the ADA website where if you type in the ADA website, the first thing on it right now is a disclaimer saying that they did not issue any cards regarding the wearing of masks. So I know <laughs> that's bullshit. Well, right. My sister's a lawyer. She's a big lawyer here in Nevada. I said, well, you know, I respect... I said, let me put it to you this way. I said, I am sorry you have a medical condition. I absolutely thank you for your service that you're a disabled veteran. <laughs> I said, uh, and, and I'm glad that your sister's a lawyer, but if you want to make this a legal thing, that is ter- certainly your right, but you're not going to make that argument here with me today. Right. I am not a lawyer, nor am I a judge. I'm simply obeying the directives of the state. And I said, so let me put it to you this way. He said, all right. He said, if with full appreciation that you have a medical condition and you're a disabled veteran, if you walked into this casino buck naked, your balls exposed for all to see, Mm, yeah, would you say that because of that it would be unconstitutional for me to refuse your service and ask you to get the fuck out of here? Put a mask on those balls, baby. And And he went, no. I said, then I want you to consider the mask as a cod piece for your mouth. <laughs> there you go. And he and he got that, and he yeah. put a mask on, ah. and then he gambled. So it was like all good. You're the idiot whisperer. That's what you are. I really have become the idiot whisperer. How long yeah. do you think it's going to be until Nevada has to shut down again, or Las Vegas Next has to week. shut down again? Yeah. Next week. Because, Here's the thing. Because I, they I, shut Arizona and California down, and all those fucking dudes because they shut it down because they wouldn't wear masks. They're all fucking coming here this weekend. Yeah. I it's so it's so infuriating to me because this is exactly what happened in the 1919 pandemic the flu it's the exactly flu pandemic they yeah. opened everything up they rushed to open things up and then they had to shut it all down again and that caused a longer uh, economic recovery because everyone was even more scared to yeah. open up again to take a chance to go out to spend 
because we didn't do it right the first time and we had history to show it. It's it's just, it's infuriating. We are a sadly, you know, the thing about it is, yeah, all right. I mean, I've got a, I wrote a piece for 4th of July that came out the other day. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Um, and I, I mentioned, you, are, you're familiar with Orson Scott Card and Ender's Game, right? A little bit. Ta- we've talked, a we've about talked it. about it, yeah. One, of, yeah. one of his stories is called Speaker, one of his books is called Speaker of the Dead. And in it, the, 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 the titular character, Ender, um, it's a planet, you know, it's like outer space. He becomes sort of like a planetary priest, and he becomes what is known as the Speaker of the Dead. Yeah. And so what the Speaker of the Dead does, like a priest, he goes, somebody dies. And they go, and that person goes, and they talk to everybody that knew that person. And they call together the the story of that person's life. Good stuff, bad stuff, infidelity, thievery, charitable goods, you know, everything. And instead of a eulogy that just says, look at how wonderful David Himmel was, they say okay, let's tell you the story of David Himmel. And it's everything from petty bullshit to your great acts of, you know, whatever, grace. Yeah. And it's it's the full picture. And so I was thinking about Independence Day, and I realized, you know, while the, the experiment is certainly not dead, democracy's not dead, we're in a rough patch, but that doesn't mean it's even close <laughs> to being dead. Right. Um, I mean, as you point out, in 1918, we already had this happen. Mm-hmm. In 1968, we've already had this happen. So uh-huh. it's not like none of this is new. So I don't think the experience is over because people on Twitter say it is. I think it's just another, it's a rough patch. But you have to celebrate everything that the country has done well, as well as the stuff we fucked up on and need to recalibrate. I mean, thank God for the United States of America, because we got the Big Bang Theory out of it. We got two and a half minutes. We got Chuck Lorre's most brilliant work, you know? So oh, I thought when you said the Big Bang Theory, you were talking about the TV show, and I was like, what I the am. fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, that's the piece of shit. That went, yeah. well, how two many and seasons and a half that men, stupid piece of shit? Two broke girls. Fucking, that's oh what America, God. that's America's strong, man. See? Oh, man. We got, the, we got the final three seasons of Dexter. <laughs> Jesus, wow, you really do have a dismal view of America. Okay. I do, I really do. I, I don't. really, really do. Um, I really and, you know, don't. And I get it. Like we and we've we've talked about this before because I I will come in and say, oh, we're it's over. History repeats itself, and, and, and we're doing. And you'll nah. say, yeah, but it's better than it was. And you're right. Yeah. Like there are degrees where it's better than it was. But here's what Lots frustrates me, and this this is the thing that frustrates me about the United States. It's the thing that frustrates me about having a toddler. It's the thing that frustrates me about my wife. Is that when we keep having the same fights, there's like the evolution is there just there is no evolution. I don't think the evolution is David, is meeting the the time that it's taken us to get there. You know, David, you know, you know, you know the way to avoid having the same fights. Don't go, go live on an island by myself and don't engage no. with people. No, don't fight. All right, look, Michael Jackson. We're not just gonna beat it here, okay? No, I'm just, I'm no, I'm just saying. If you don't want to have the same fights, don't talk to her. It's she a, started it. Yeah, exactly. It's a choice. These are choices that were. If there's anything I'm figuring out in my fifties, is I do get to have a choice. And you taught me like the idiot whisperer. I am learning in my at a casino in Las Vegas in at fifty four. I am learning not to be aggressive all the time. One of my, uh, one of my uh, security officers, uh, my su- su- supervisors, looked at me and he said, 
you've really, he watched me one day and I was talking to some guest and he goes, you know, you've really mastered the art of verbal jujitsu. And I said, what the fuck does that mean? And jujitsu, apparently, according to him, I don't fucking know. I didn't research it. I don't give a shit. But, <laughs> but according to him, jujitsu is not an aggressive, it's not an aggressive it's all it's about all defense. defense. Yeah, it's yep. all defense. That's and right. It really, basically, is about wearing your opponent out. When they and throw that, a punch, you use his, their momentum his, yeah, to yeah. exactly. And right. so his perspective right. is is that verbally, I am I am not aggressive. I'm all, and this is something I kept. You know me. You've known me for a long time. Yeah, I'm I'm the I'm, I'm basically the the verbal equivalent of a guy with a fucking sledgehammer coked up on fucking you know crack beating the shit out of anything but i think you used I'm to getting be. better yeah i know that's things i'm learning a whole new way of approaching things and that is verbal jujitsu i think that I the, the like. sequel the sequel to your book belief is a sledgehammer would be entitled belief is a rubber mallet like there's, you know, you have an yeah. evolution that is very clear. It is tracking on time appropriately. Belief is avoidance of the punch. Uh, <laughs> belief, <laughs> belief is a these badminton ter- racket. Yeah, these are terrible <laughs> titles, but okay, whatever. we're workshopping right. it. We're workshopping it. Second topic. Second topic. Um, as we know, and we talked about it briefly uh, a couple weeks ago. I um, just. Got rid of Facebook. I just deleted the whole goddamn mm-hmm. thing. I got rid of Twitter. I just said enough. Enough's enough, right? Yeah. Amazingly, I was ahead of the curve because so is Coca Cola, <laughs> Pfizer. Like, I mean, Facebook is under uh, a huge uh, advertising boycott right now. Yeah. Well, here's and the... they're freaking out because basically what it is is you better be accountable. And they even Zuckerberg even came out and said, "Okay, we're going to be a little more transparent, a little set." And they were like, "Not good enough." I mean, Facebook Zuckerberg is you know, the late last thing I heard was uh, what he said was, "Okay, they'll be back." Yeah. He. So what do you think? What do you think about all this? I. Well, I, I tell you what here. I, th- I think you're right to have left Facebook. Um, you're you're not missing much. Um, in the last two weeks or so, so you've been off for like two weeks ish. Three weeks. Right, three three weeks. weeks. I have also backed off on it. Not not because you did. I'm not a total copycat. Yeah. Um, but I was you know I was getting sick of it too. But one of us has to stay on Facebook because we have a littered eight page to manage, yeah. and that's pretty much all I'm doing. I I'm not even sharing literate ape stuff on my page as well because i i'm just like i don't even want to fucking go there yeah i just don't want to go there and i've been getting my ass handed to me at work it's just whatever but here's the thing i am all for them pulling their ads let's do it facebook is a is a vile bucket of of lactose intolerant farmer crap it's just it is i don't even know what the fuck that means but it's just just saying why are you picking why are you picking on the lactose intolerant because I am one, so we can say that. Oh, okay. There you go. So you are you are that marginalized yes. uh, community, so you can criticize your Correct. own marginalized community. Yes, okay. I can. Just want to yep. make sure we got it on the same page. Um, Lactose fragility. But, right, yeah. Robin, yeah. Robin D'Angelo's next call to hire her for $10,000 a day to tell you that you can never not be lactose intolerant. No, fuck that shit. That's and all me. You can do, I'm going to do and that. All you, can, all you can do is be lactose intolerant and admit it every single day and apologize for the farts. That's all you get. That's, that's my mark at the corner. Okay. Yeah. All right, all you. Uh, but here, here's the thing about Facebook that I that has always bothered me is that 
when you get like, oh, I'm quitting Facebook, I'm, I'm leaving, you know, boycott, ugh, all this other shit. Facebook has gotten too big. You kind of can't. Like only one of us can quit Facebook <laughs> if we want yeah. anybody to read Littered Ape. Yeah. Right? And that's, and so if, if Coca-Cola, if uh, Verizon, all of them leave, mm-hmm. Facebook's going to take a hit. It already has. But here's the thing. 70% of its ad revenue, of its money comes from the small businesses. So it comes from bigger businesses than what Littered Ape will occasionally throw somebody to you know boost a post or whatever the fuck bullshit we do. So if you take 30% away from Facebook, are, are you really going to hurt it? I mean, it's still making billions of dollars. It's like it's, well, it's 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 sort of like the New York Police Department going from an eight point five billion dollar budget and being told that they're. And the thing about it is, let's be honest. And as much as because I, I do want to be wrong about about protests, I want to believe these protests in yeah. the last couple of months have actually made a difference. But the fact is, for De Blasio to say, we've cut a billion dollars off the New York the NYPD budget. Yeah, I think it's less to do with them saying we need to defund the police a little bit and them saying, fuck, this pandemic has killed our goddamn budget. So we got to cut it somewhere. This will be easy because everybody will go, this oh, looks cool. Good. Right. This is both politic- politically expedient and saves us some money. It's not like they said, we're going to take a billion dollars from the $8 billion budget of the NYPD and give it to somebody else. It's like, we don't have any fucking money. What do we do? Let's take, let's just say we took a billion dollars from the police. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Shit. I mean, I... So, you know, I, I'm all for boycotting Facebook, and I think that, that uh, Mark Zuckerberg has been irresponsible from the very fucking beginning. I think that his team of people have been he started it myopic. As a, and he started it as a thing where you compared college chicks against each other for hotness. It was, yeah. That's and how it, it was, all started. It was, so a pussy, it was a pussy grab at best. That's, yeah, and that, you know. And and fine, like look, man, I've had a lot of fun on Facebook. I've been annoyed by Facebook. Like we've all enjoyed we've all our time our in the in Facebook, but the water has cooled and there's yeah, the lightning thing, above. We need to get out of the pool. I, the thing you about know? it is, like, I don't, I, I, I don't miss it at all. I don't even think about it other than when I read something about it, which it's constantly in the news. And I didn't realize how much Facebook was in the news till I got off of fucking Facebook. Yeah. Because I don't think about it. I don't even, you know, I don't even, I, I don't even care. Once in a while, somebody will send me, like I got some, some tweets this morning. They're not tweets because uh, I don't do tweets. Uh, they were instant messages on my phone from Ray Teresi. And he was like, and I didn't recognize the phone number because I've never communicated to him through iMessage. Instant messages through iMessage. It's my Apple. It's my it's just text. Oh, a text message. Yeah, text message. iMessage the is text. Fuck are you complicating things? Instant message. Well, just it's, text message. Well, whatever, it's text message. Anyway. The fuck? I never called. I just it's my fucking phone. But all of a sudden I don't recognize <laughs> the number and he's like, Are you okay? I haven't seen you around. And I don't know who this yeah. is. Listen to the eight so cast, went, Ray. So, well, so what I went was, I was like, who is this? I don't have, I, there's no contact in here, so I don't know who you are. So then he says, hey, DH, it's RT. I don't know who fucking RT is. The fuck does that mean? I said, RT? What right. the fuck is RT? Type your name. Was what I, and this is the Ray, guy that you've you've been naked with in a hot tub. Like yeah, you, you've yeah, gone, you've gone for to the Russian bathtub. Time. Like this is I've not known a him stranger for a long time, to you. Which yeah. says which says indicates that because he and I have only communicated at least since I've been in Vegas through Facebook. Facebook, yeah. 
Well, so it's like, you know, he was like, I thought you would, I, I don't, I'm not on Facebook very often, but I didn't see you anywhere. I went, what, oh my God, what happened to Don? It's like, oh, I quit Facebook and Twitter. And he went, so oh. apparently neither of us need to be on Facebook. Literally, it doesn't yeah. need to be on Facebook because even our friends who we've been naked with, because I've been naked listen, with the guy too in a don't Russian bathhouse. read house. or listen to the Apecast. What the so. fuck is the point? You know, it's like, what a waste of my goddamn time. Literally, so. is apparently just for you and I and to occasionally annoy our wives i think that's yeah. probably or my wife and then for your wife you're really too. your wife my <laughs> wife doesn't get annoyed she just corrects uh she just corrects her grammar uh, yeah yeah after we post shit but uh yeah yeah so yeah, I, don't, uh, I, mean, I think i think the bigger news uh, i hope it changes i hope it changes i hope they get better i just they hope won't. they get better they won't I don't think nothing so. gets better I don't. Well, there will no, be like I, a, there. There will be a little incremental. It'll be a thing. little bit better. Well, that's better. I mean, it's not like a big major change. What you're just like a fucking Gen Z where I want all my no, results now, no, or I'm I think burning it's, it down. It's a shift in. It's a. It's a. It's a shift in the language. It's. It's coding things. It's. It's painting over. Uh, God, who was it? It was Picasso that I think in his his blue period in his guitar. The, yeah. the guitarist or whatever that yeah that's yeah that's Picasso's right? blue period that's why it's called a blue period no I know shit. but like I'm trying to think of the name of the actual painting the guitar or the guitarist or I don't but you know, know what I'm talking about right you know yeah, what I'm I know exactly about. what you're talking about yeah. didn't he he painted over that that painting right like there and you can see like you can see the old painting or fuck it was some painting like some really famous painting where you can see an old painting underneath that one. And I think that's what Facebook is going to do. They're just going to put another painting on top, but like it's still all your bullshit is still underneath. Yeah. Well, they also just got it. caught. They also just got caught selling our data, not my data, but your data to third party. Um, right. Third party again, again, again. They again, did this. they're just going to keep doing it. They're going to try yeah. and dress it up in a different way. It's like, oh, it's uh, it's it's not a pig in lipstick anymore. It's a horse in lipstick, or it's you know it. Whatever, where it's a pig dressed like Sarah Palin with lipstick. Whatever. Yeah, it's just it's. I don't know where the Sarah the Palin same... thing came out. It just popped out of my mouth. Well, but because I said a pig and lipstick thing, because I think that's yeah, what that's she what said. What the difference between of... a pig and lipstick and a hockey hockey mom or what? Whatever, whatever. the fuck that All woman right. said. Right? All right, last thing. Yeah. Carl Reiner died. Yeah, fuck, man. I. I heard that on NPR. Um, yeah. And I was glad that I didn't catch that news on Facebook. <laughs> Let me just say that because most dead celebrity news I get, I've you get on Facebook, get on which Facebook. is why I'm. Oh my God, so gonna miss him. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. He was 98 years old. And the thing like, is, he lived a full motherfucking life. This guy was more influential when it came to comedy. Oh my God, television and film. Then I mean, then any five people you can name. The I mean, guy well, was like Sid Caesar, ubiquitous. Sid Caesar, uh, Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, uh, Woody Allen. I mean, like we're talking, and I'm talking like yeah. Sid Caesar because like the big the show names. of shows. Like these yeah, are, yeah. and I don't care what you think about Woody Allen. The dude was there at the beginning he was of this there shit. At the beginning, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Carl Reiner. And his fucking son, his progeny, Rob Reiner, is just as prolific when it comes to filmmaking and, and television history. Prolific? Not Rob as Reiner, influential or good. No, he's not as good or influential, but he's still pretty prolific. Rob Reiner yeah. directed some very fucking funny movies. I mean, he gave Rob us Rob Reiner directed this. Well, he also gave us This, this is Spinal Tap. Tap. Fuck right. you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah, yeah. like standalone one of the funniest goddamn movies ever made in history. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
I mean, so, you, gotta, yeah, so you, you can't Reiner, take it away from Rob. You know? Carl Reiner had influence over things he never even touched after he squirted his jizz into his wife. I mean, like, yeah. right? Like this guy, <laughs> this guy, that boy, that That's what a, a terrible. What a, what a fitting <laughs> eulogy from David Himmel about Carl Reiner. Talk about his jizz and his wife. You are, you are. I, I'm gonna. Could you, could you speak at my fucking funeral? Could you speak at Absolutely. my funeral? Because you're such a, a wordsmith. Yeah. You're such a wordsmith. <laughs> Yeah, the oh car right thing, but that's the thing about people that we respect in in the entertainment fields, or like that we don't know, you know. But yeah. like Carl Reiner influenced us and touched yeah. us, and the dude was ninety eight years old. Like I'm not like he wasn't robbed, he wasn't taken from no, us. No, he was know? not taken too young. He lived a full goddamn life and was funnier than shit. I mean, and, he, and, he gave us Mary Tyler Moore. Well, he continued to be funny. I mean, he was in he was in Ocean's Eleven and was brilliantly funny in that movie. Fuck, man, he was in uh, what was the the show the video. Um, Fuck, where like people over ninety would get breakfast if if you're not in the oh, obit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the fuck was that? I know called? exactly what you're yes. talking about, but yes, that was great. And because they're all just like, they're old friends, just and they don't care breakfast. anymore. No. They didn't care before. Now they really don't care. They're yeah. fucking funnier because they've shit. done it and they're old yeah. and they fucking earned it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl Reiner. Ah, uh, what's so okay? What's your favorite Carl Reiner? If you like top two or three, if you have the to. Dick Van Dyke Show. Okay. Hands that's, down. I mean, it, that, that's to it. Me, that covers all of it. Okay. I mean, because well, the thing about it is, the Dick Van Dyke Show. It it was first of all, it put Mary Tyler Moore on the surface, and she was you know, like on the screen, and she was huge. Oh she yeah, she was huge in in television. Yeah. Uh, Maury Amsterdam, Rosemary. Yeah. You know, yeah. fucking Dick Van fucking Dyke. Yeah. I mean, that. I, I mean, you know, everybody's like, oh, look at this, these, this, oh, friends. Let's look at this amazing talent in the same room. No, no, no. Fuck you. Dick Van Dyke show had more talent all sitting in the same goddamn room. And the writers yeah. for the Mary or for the, the Dick Van Dyke show were also this sort of fucking cavalcade of fucking comic stars yeah. of the day. So to me, I mean, Carl Reiner did a lot of amazing things. and a, But I, for me, the thing that just, if you want to know what he was capable of, Dick Van Dyke show because and the thing yeah. about it is not only not this is the thing go back and watch sitcoms from the day mm-hmm. from that day from the 50s and, mm-hmm. and early 60s most of them aren't that fucking funny uh, anymore they were probably funny then but they don't you know the, the humor humor changes that's kind of stuff watch a Dick Van Dyke show that today and it is still yeah. fucking funny and it's funny for exactly the same reasons so not only did he create that he created something that is still fucking funny today i could show it to a 16 year old and they would laugh at the same things i am he and and the thing about Dick Van Dyke show is that it was both a workplace comedy and a home like kind was of person all you know, of it yeah and, and it was a comedy he, about show business. It was yeah. all those things. It was, you know. It was great. I, and I, I think just a real quick, and I don't want to get hung up on the shows, you know, the early age of television. But I think that I Love Lucy holds up still. I think it does. Uh, but Dick Van Dyke. Is, I don't think the Honeymooners the holds up it, at all. The, honey, the Honeymooners doesn't hold up. And I think <laughs> no. I Love Lucy holds up some with, with some of their bits because the very physical bits were very funny. Yeah. But it still doesn't hold a candle to Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke is is. It, I mean, yeah. I just it, it's. And people forget, or they don't know, maybe that that Carl Reiner was the creator. 
And yeah. I think he was the showrunner, but eh, whatever, yeah. Well, that's, the, that's, well, they didn't have they didn't have show I guess they didn't have showrunners. Yeah, but he was but, the head writer. He was and, the head but writer. He was he was rarely he in was the, the show. Boss. He, he was yeah. the boss that they talked about that would occasionally pop in. Would be that like yeah, you know, yeah. the Alan Brady because they were working yeah. on the Alan Brady show. Yeah. Uh, but I think yeah. So the Dick, my favorite Carl Reiner moments, Dick Van Dyke show, absolutely. Um, the jerk, his. <laughs> You know that's true. I mean, so his yeah. he directed that's one of the he directed Steve movies. Martin. He directed Steve Martin in The Jerk. He directed him in uh, Dead Men. Dead Men don't wear, wear plaid. Don't wear plaid. And oh, the God, man with two brains. The man with two brains. Yeah, man so, with two brains. So those. So Dick Van Dyke. The the things he did with Steve Martin. Yeah. But then specifically him in The Jerk. I oh, think God. is just the fucking. I just think it's fantastic. Just one of the funniest fucking guys With the glasses ever, where he takes his... Yeah. It's just, oh, it's just so weird so and funny and committed and, funny. and straight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Carl guy... Reiner really was... You know, and I've read I've read a bunch of the obits, and what they keep saying yeah. is, you know, he played a lot of second banana, but his second banana was the root system was, was of the it, banana tree. Well, like, it that was, it, was... The thing is, the funny guy doesn't work if the straight man can't handle it. And right. he was one of the best straight men, but he could also play the funny guy. Yeah. The because, guy I mean, was Ocean's just... Eleven, he was in the Oceans <laughs> thing. Like, he was... I mean... Was, it was... Uh, uh, well, yeah. and, and, and I want to deviate too much, but a perfect example of what I'm talking about is planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, John yeah. Candy is the comedy... He's the comic. Yeah. And Steve Martin is the straight man. But because they're both so goddamn good. If you watch that movie, and again, this isn't a Carl Reiner thing, but if you watch yeah. that movie, at any moment in time, and that's what's so brilliant about that combination, they flip. Where yeah. all of a sudden, Steve Martin's the comedy, and John Candy's the straight man, and they just keep flipping back and forth, which is why that is one of the funniest comedies ever made. Because you have, you know, it's why Ghostbusters with women didn't work. Because right. nobody was the straight man. Nobody. Right. Not because they were women, not because they were Ghostbusters, none of that bullshit. It was <laughs> because, because it was a shit movie. It was because there was nobody <laughs> right. to play the straight man. There was no man. anchor. There was no reality. Everybody was yeah. the comedy relief. So there was no, I mean, the original Ghostbusters, fucking Egon is the straight man. Everybody else is comedy, but because he's so good at the straight man, and Carl Reiner practically invented that role. I would even argue that Dan Aykroyd's character is like straight man B. Yeah, but he gets to that thing. He gets to have he 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 gets to have the oh a fire pole. He gets to be goofy. He gets to have goofier moments. He gets a blowjob by a ghost. <laughs> right. Yes, that's true. Egon is just there, dead yes. serious. It's the size of a Twinkie, seventeen. You know that that's. But boom, there's like a there's focused. a stacking of the roles yeah. of real personalities that we all have, it's right? So. Genius. I, I, oh shit! I was gonna say some ah fuck! I totally forgot what I was gonna say. Um, Carl Reiner, Carl Reiner, you had the jerk. Yeah. Uh, ah fuck it, it's gone. I don't anyway, know. Show notes. Carl yeah. Reiner, yeah, Carl <laughs> Reiner um, is dead, and we are sad, and it is one of the few things, but not sad in the way that oh, it's just it's just like wow. I mean, here's he was, the thing: he was such we, a significant presence in the lives of everyone that you can think of, and we have and him. We have him for in in perpetuity forever because it's because it's on cellular. We can watch and it and stream it. God bless it. Yeah. God bless Carl Reiner. Yeah. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. All right, my first thing. Uh, it's a listen. 
listen to a podcast called Slow Burn. I may have talked about this before. They're in their fourth mm-hmm. season yeah. now, and each season they cover a different news story or or topic, whatever. Um, they've done the Clinton Lewinsky thing. Uh, they've done Biggie and Tupac, and this season, season four, is David Duke. Uh, okay. America's All most right. famous white supremacist. Uh, yes. Here's what's great about Other that. Other than Richard Spencer, yeah. Yeah, but the the great thing about this one is, and this goes to my point of America doesn't learn, we just repeat the same shit over and again. Uh, you, you may recall that David Duke came out in support of Donald Trump during the 2016 election or campaign, and Trump, and everyone was like, why is he not renouncing this and it because trump took every fucking pl- page out of out of duke's playbook in politics mm-hmm. and made it work oh yeah and it is fascinating and david duke is the like he is the founder of acceptable street legal racism if you will what's what's this podcast called again called slow burn it's okay. a slate podcast slow it's burn. uh it's worth it I mean, I was going to say it's a lot of fun, you know, but yeah. there's moments when I laugh because like, holy fuck, one, what a, what a wonderfully clever twist of racism you just did yeah. to make it palpable. And two, how the fuck are we still doing this shit 40 years later? You because we think, fucking assholes. I don't want to get, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, all right. My first thing is, uh, and an answer to how do we do this is, and I don't know if you've actually read this. I mean, I, I remember the other day you were, like last week, you sent me a thing that you were spending the night watching or reading The Feminine Mystique. Um, and you sent me a picture saying, this is what I'm doing my Saturday night. And you're reading The Feminine Mystique. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. But have you have you actually read uh, White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo? No. Okay. So my challenge, I don't know, is you should actually read it because this is the thing. You want to know how we get to this place where we keep repeating ourselves? Because we keep buying the fucking snake oil. If you read White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo, it is no more revelational than fucking Dianetics. It is like, (laughs) this is like the dumbest bunch of of mumble speak. It's like somebody read... A, an academic PhD and said, I like how those words sound. So I'm going to use them. I don't right. have to know what they mean. I'm just going <laughs> to put them here in a string of sentences. And there you go. You'll think I mean something because it's just such crap. It's poetry. So no, it's not even that. Isn't that because po- po- I've, I've well, read Jules poetry book. That's kind all right. Of, uh, no, all right. That's, that's fair. fair. That's fair. That's you know, but, but I, I, I encourage you to read white yeah. fragility by Robin D'Angelo God. because I'm telling you, it is such cult speak bullshit. Yeah. I, I don't even know how to talk about it. So that's my first thing. Well, on a lighter note, my next thing is a watch. It's go to Netflix uh, and watch the show Space Force. <laughs> it this is this is it's Steve Carell. So it's good. I've I've not watched it. So, yeah, uh, it's um, uh, Steve Carell, John Malkovich. It was created by Steve Carell and Greg Daniels, who Greg Daniels created or adapted um, the the Office. The American Office, and then Parks and Rec, and he worked for SNL and The Simpsons. Um, Sure, and it's 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 light. It's it's not. It's so disconnected from the bullshit we're dealing with today. I mean, there are like they talk about the president of the United States, and like maybe it's Trump, but you're not quite sure. There's like little things, but it's like if you just want an escape from the fucking real bullshit, and you know, Michael or. Uh, Steve Carell's character is a little Michael Scott-ish, 
But if if Michael Scott were a four star general who wasn't a bumbling fucking waterhead, yeah. water brain, um, and like him and and Malkovich are a lot of fun to watch. It's a Ben Schwartz is in it of. What the fuck is her name? Phoebe from Friends. I can't think of her name right All now. All right, I'll watch it. Uh, Lisa Kudrow. Lisa, Lisa Kudrow, Kudrow, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's I, a right. lot of really you good. You me well cast. It. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, here's my watch. Another one of those, like, can we just take something that will take us away from the present time? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I'd, I'd seen it once, and you know how much I love Kevin Costner. Yeah. I just love Kevin Costner. I fucking love the guy. He's an American but I, treasure. But but this is a movie I'd only seen one time, and I kind of liked it. I He's the one good thing. It. America did one good thing, yeah. and that's Kevin yeah. Costner. And I kind of <laughs> liked it, but I had only seen it the one time. So the other night, I decided that I would watch 1999's For the Love of the Game. I fucking love that movie, Don. And You've only I seen it mean, once. Are you out of your yeah, mind? And I watched it, and I mean, I real as I'm watching it, I'm going, oh, God, I love this movie. And by the end of it, I'm bawling like yeah. a fucking baby. Close the mechanism. Yeah, close the mechanism. All that shit. Dude. It's John C. Riley. It's yeah. Kelly Preston before Scientology made her a lizard. I mean, everything's <laughs> good. Everything's good about that movie. That movie, the, the close the mechanism, it's kind of a oh. mantra for me. Yeah. And it uh, has been for 21 years. But the thing is, I've seen all of his movies. I love Kevin Costner, but I'd only seen that movie once and I went, okay, I kind of liked it. And and then it was HBO Max and it yeah. was on there and I went, okay, I think I'll watch this. And I mean, I went, fuck, I, I, let's put it this way. I liked it so much watching it that I almost started it again right yeah. after ending it. That's Here, how much I liked it. Here's the, uh, how we, Oh my God, we should, we can have an entire podcast about that movie. Yeah. Yeah. That movie, it's, it's not, it's not, a great movie. It's not no. Kevin Costner's best movie or John nope. C. Riley's best movie. But there's something about that movie that but just motherfucker. Works. You put you put baseball and Kevin Costner together and magic will happen. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. So watch for the love of the game. Yeah. Just to refresh your brain. Clear I was, the mechanism. I was, to clear I, the mechanism. Yeah. I was gonna watch Malcolm X tonight, but I'm gonna watch for no. the <laughs> watch for the love of the game, because I'm telling you, it's just one of those that takes yeah. you away. It gives uh, you a sense of romance. Such a good and, movie. And, well, it's a sense of romance and it's a sense of what a man is supposed to be. Careful. It is what a man is supposed I'm sorry, I'm a little older than Careful. you. And I have a very different ideal of what a man is supposed to be, and it's about being motivated and about being focused and about being loving and about sacrifice and he's kind of a dick sometimes but that's not the point it's a human error man we're all human that's good even stuff. kevin right. costner so that's my second thing all right my third thing uh it's a read um i'd like you to read uh david duke's book jewish supremacism I'm totally fucking kidding, of course. Okay, because I no. would read it. If you no. said to, I would read it. I would no. not be happy about it. Jesus. I read Right Fragility. I can read fucking anything, man. No, don't read anything by David fucking Duke. All right. Uh, no, but my, my third thing is a read. Um, I've got a, I've got a, 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 an essay that I wrote for The Atlantic. They, they found me to write a story about COVID-19 and how it's affecting summer camp because I'm the fucking summer camp guy. Apparently you're the summer camp guy, yeah. So uh, if you go to theatlantic.com, it's in the ideas section. There's an essay uh, about summer camp. What the fuck? Give it a read. Total yeah. self-promotion here. but um, So it's up now. It's up now? 
as this has dropped, it is up now unless something went terribly wrong between now okay. the recording right. of this podcast. Okay. So if you can't find it, then David, then David said something really off color in the essay, and they said this guy is fucking crazy. Uh, c- correct. Yes. All right. All right. Yeah. That's good. What's it called? Uh, at the time of this recording, I'm not sure what they went with the final headline. Um, but just go to theAtlantic.com. What do you think it's going to be called? Uh. Good question. Um, a summer without camp is the last headline that I Boy, saw. That's a terrible. That's a terrible headline. But okay, I suggested other things, but I'm yeah, not going to fight with the did. editors of the Atlantic. You know, why because not? They're think, because they're thinking like SEO, man. Like a summer without camp. That shit's being searched, right? All right, that's fair. That's fair. So, right. and my third thing is a <laughs> listen. It is a podcast. Um, it is Katie Herzog and Jesse Single. It is on the barpodcast.fireside.fm. It is called Blocked and Reported. And basically, this is Katie Herzog and Jesse Single are sort of like, um, they're like a male female nerd version of you and I, and that, and but they're way funnier and a lot smarter than we are. And they talk about uh, like shit that it's, it's really basically the horrors of modern discourse i mean they're very focused on the horrors mm. of modern discourse and they talk about some really like the last episode they talked about this guy scott alexander who um has had this this rationalist website this blog for fucking 10 years 19 years whatever it is and super popular millions followed it and then the new york times decided they were going to write a story about him and basically said, we're going to use your real name. And so he shut his entire blog out. He just erased the whole fucking thing because he's a psychiatrist. And he yeah. said, yeah, this will fuck. If everybody knows this is me, this is not going to work out for me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he just got rid of it. So they talked at length about the ethics of the New York Times using his real name and why, you know, and about this guy. It was really interesting. So these See, guys are really that's why you, you can't trust the lamestream media. Yeah. Oh, fuck that. Can't Locked do it. Locked and reported. Katie Herzog, Jesse Single. Very funny, very interesting. Good good podcast for today's listener. Uh, it sounds like the podcast that Dana and I will have when you when you die. Yeah, but both of them are smart. And you're just not. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yep. No, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you gotta, you're funny. So I guess that counts. As long as God says so. There you go, rock and roll. As <laughs> long as God says you're funny, because apparently that's what you hope he says. And that's a throwback, and that's the show. <laughs> that's the show. Thanks for listening. See you next week. You can listen to the Literate Ape cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.